0: right off the bat, I want you to go and picture high school science class. Okay, I realize for some of you, you're going to have to imagine what that is because you're not quite in high school yet. For some of you, you got to dust off the cobwebs and think about high school science class. Why? Because when I was a freshman in high school, my science teacher every year would have his class do a Rube Goldberg project. Now, If you didn't do a Rube Goldberg project, you can forget about your high school science class, okay? But why am I talking about Rube Goldberg? Rube Goldberg, he is famous for taking simple little actions and stringing them together, a chain reaction one after another to accomplish the end goal, all right? So it might be that uh, you pop a balloon and that sets off another action that leads to another action and a a ball rolls down a ramp and, and whatnot. Today, we're going to talk about insecurity in a way that helps us connect the dots so we see the chain reaction, see the damage that it can cause if we don't find the solution and overcome insecurity in our lives. We're talking in our series, Sabotage, all about insecurity. That's what the whole series has been about. If you've been here the last couple of weeks, you've been around for when we've talked about are we trusting God? or not, and when we're not trusting him, what happens with that insecurity if left undealt with? We've also looked at how uh, insecurity can come from comparison. When we are comparing ourselves to one another, that steals us of our joy and causes us to be insecure. Well, today, we're going to look at the insecurity that comes from our past, how it clouds our future and then disrupts are present. So how many of you, when you think about your past, at some point or another, maybe it's right now, or maybe uh, you struggled with this years ago, but your past has led you to be insecure. Your past is the source of worry. It's been a stumbling block for you. There are three primary ways that our past can cause insecurity within us. The first one is that your past causes insecurity because of sin. You have sin in the past. You regret your sin. You feel shame or you feel guilt based on the sin of your past, and it then develops into insecurity. And emotionally and mentally, we struggle to break free from it. I I tend to try to be a perfectionist. In some ways, that's really good, but when it's talking about the sin of my past, I struggle sometimes to be able to let go and to to just detach from it and enjoy the forgiveness and the grace of my Savior. Maybe you can't relate so much to that, but maybe your past creates insecurity because of something that was said or something that was done to you. When I was in high school, I just loved sports, Basketball was my favorite, and when I played basketball at the end of my junior year of high school, we had our end of the season uh, check-ins with the coach, and I will never forget, my coach said that I had been a disappointment that season. Something that was said to me 20-some years later, I still remember, it doesn't affect me the way it used to. But sometimes the things that are said to us, the things that are done to us that are out of our control, we weren't responsible for them. The pain of the past leads to insecurity that we deal with in the present. So if it's not sin from the past that you struggle with or are insecure about, if it's not something that was said or done to you, perhaps it's just something that was embarrassing in the past, something that you failed at. It wasn't sin. But it was something that you failed at. Maybe you, you tried to open your own business and it failed. Maybe you think of relationships that you, you failed with. Maybe you're just embarrassed by mistakes that you made. The insecurities caused by our past, they create a destructive domino effect. Much like the Rube Goldberg has one action connected to another, a destructive domino effect can take place in our life if we don't deal with our past. This destructive domino effect, it starts like this, undealt with pain from any of those sources, sin, embarrassment, uh, something that was done to you or said to you, undealt with pain, first of all, leads to insecurity. And that insecurity rooted in the past causes us to project our past onto our future. We're afraid that what happened in the past is just going to be a replay in the future. And so our past connects to our future. And when we see the future through this lens of insecurity, then we live in the present with a weight that we're not designed to carry. We were never supposed to carry. And we live defeated. We live fearful. The embarrassment or the sin or the hurt in your past leads you to believe the future is simply just going to be a replay of the past. And when this is how we see the future, we don't live in God's freedom that he has for us today. We're plagued with a lack of confidence and a lack of security. You see, the weight of insecurity caused by our past, it drags us down and holds us back from living in the grace and the truth and the love and the freedom of Jesus Christ. There's no way to enjoy and maximize today when we're worried about the past and we're afraid of our future. Now the world, they've got a solution They've got an answer to the problems of your past, the lack of confidence that you have in the present. And the world tells us that the answer to insecurity is to develop self-confidence. You just need more self-confidence and you'll be fine. In fact, that's what I was told back as a junior in high school. I just need more confidence in myself and I was going to be fine on the basketball court. But self-confidence is not the antidote To insecurity. Self-confidence isn't the solution to the problem of our insecurity. Why? Self-confidence is largely circumstantial. If you think about it, self-confidence too often is tied to our circumstances. And self-confidence, it emphasizes the wrong thing. Our self. Trying to build self-confidence, I I like to picture it like this. I I think of me running on a hamster wheel, running and running and running and just tirelessly giving everything I've got, trying to make progress, only to stop to take a break and realize I've gone nowhere. That's the trap of pursuing self-confidence, because it's not the answer that we're looking for. But thank God... Because of his word, because of the Bible, we do have the answer. And so I want to share it with you today. The solution to the insecurity caused by our past that robs us of our future and causes us to stall out today is cultivated with God confidence. Turn to your neighbor and say, God confidence. Now, I wish I could coin that term and say I came up with that God confidence, but it actually comes from the message version of the Bible. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 12 is paraphrased this way in the message. Forget about self-confidence. It's useless. Read the rest of it with me. Cultivate God confidence. I love that term. Cultivate God confidence. When you cultivate God confidence, you'll find the security that you've been longing for. God confidence is the best kind of confidence because it's based on the one who does not change. The one whose circumstances never change. We can cultivate God confidence because he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He's not, you know, he is immune. He is not prey to this destructive domino effect that we feel when we have insecurity in our past. That causes us to be afraid of our future and live way down today. Hebrews 13:8 tells us this about Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So if you want to overcome insecurity, it starts with looking to the ultimate source of security: Jesus Christ. When you discover your identity in Jesus, you find security that is no longer based on your circumstances because the foundation of Jesus is not subject to your circumstances. Can somebody say amen to that? That is good news. I don't know about you, but I'd, I'd, it frustrates me that I am not in control of my circumstances. But I can find confidence in someone that is not subject to my circumstances. So the big question is how How do you build God confidence and ultimately avoid the destructive domino effect of insecurity? Let's take a look. I've got three action steps for you today. Three action steps that are going to build God confidence in your life. And this is for anybody. I don't care what your age is. I don't care how long you've been following Jesus. This is for everybody. Three action steps that we can take to find ourselves more God confident. The first one is this, confess your mess. Can we just be real? All of us have a past. All of us have sin or failure or hurt from the past. And one of the best things we can do to find ourselves more confident in God is to talk to him about it. Confess your mess. Confess your mess to God and, here's the key, to another believer. Confess your mess to God and to another believer when you stop carrying around the shame and the guilt caused by or excuse me when you stop carrying around the shame and guilt caused by your sin caused by your past and you confess your mess then God God will give you a foundation that you can't find anywhere else. James 5.16 tells us this. This is what happens when we confess our sins. Confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The earnest prayer of a righteous person has great power and produces wonderful results. Confess your sins to one another so that you might be healed. And for some of you, I know I'm talking to some people that are God-confident, and I love that. And I want to draw your attention to that second sentence there. The earnest prayer of a righteous person has great power and produces wonderful results. You've got a part to play. If you find yourself God-confident, you're not off the hook. You're not just ready to coast through the rest of your life. God is calling you to pray for those that are not yet God-confident, And to strengthen them in the process. After this message, there's going to be a time of response worship at all of our campuses. And that's a perfect time to confess your mess to God. So step one, confess your mess. Step two, the second action step to build God confidence. Say it with me. Forgive, forgive, forgive. I felt like three times because we needed the emphasis in case we don't get it with just one forgive, 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 and this includes even yourself. As a perfectionist, I thought about standing up here today and just say, hey, my name is Dave, and I'm a recovering perfectionist. <laughs> I, had ha- I, I don't need to get into all my past. This is not a, a counseling session for me. But let me tell you, there's been times in my life where God has had to say, Dave, I forgive you. Now you need to forgive yourself. My forgiveness is not subject to your forgiveness, Dave. And he had to get that through my head in a variety of ways. If you struggle with that, email me, Dave, at MyNewLifeChurch.com. We'll get coffee, all right? But forgive, forgive, forgive. This is a crucial step for you if you are someone who struggles with insecurity because of something someone said or did to you. Forgiving someone doesn't mean that you also have to begin trusting them. Anybody else struggle to forgive at least for a while because you thought that that meant you had to trust that person again and you didn't want to forgive them because you didn't want to trust them again and end up hurt again? God separates the two. Oftentimes we read forgive and we think it also means trust, and it doesn't. So I want to set you free of that today and just say forgive, forgive Matthew 6, 14 through 15, Jesus says it this way, If you forgive those who sin against you, your heavenly Father will forgive you. Notice, he doesn't say forgive and trust. But if you refuse to forgive others, your Father will not forgive your sins. I don't know about you, but I don't want to put a lid on the amount of forgiveness that God can bring into my life. So I want to forgive others, and I want to forgive them freely. Freely. A few years ago, my wife and I we were hurt by a good friend and and we were we were hurt, and the only thing that I could find that would make that hurt better was forgiveness I'm going to te- teach you in just a minute a, a really simple prayer that may just change your life and change the way you view forgiveness. We'll get to that in just a second, but I want to read Matthew 6:14 through fifteen again in the message paraphrase of the Bible says it this way, in prayer, there's a connection between what God does and what you do. You can't get forgiveness from God, for instance, without also forgiving others. If you refuse to do your part, you cut yourself off from God's part. I don't want to be cut off from God's part. I don't think you do either. So let's be a congregation that is quick to forgive. If if you don't know where to begin. Maybe, maybe this is something you've been harboring for quite a while, and, and like it or not, the truth is it's actually led and, and created more insecurity in your life because you just haven't been able to break free. You've been so fixated and so focused on whatever it was someone said to you or did to you. Maybe it was even sinful, and you just have not been able to break free. I've got a two-step simple prayer that if you pray this you will find God starts to bring peace and freedom in your life. Pray like this. It can be this short. That person, what they said or did to you comes into your mind and do this. The first thing is just to say, God, I forgive. Even if you don't feel like it, say it and eventually you will feel like saying it. But number one, forgive. I forgive. And number two, Bless them with whatever they need today. How many of you think you know what they need today? (laughs) I've been there. But here's the deal. If you want to cultivate God confidence in your life, you say, God, I forgive them. One, because that's what you tell me to do. But secondly, I'm going to put my confidence in you that you know better than I do what they need. And even when I don't feel like it, God, I want you to bless them. I want you to bless them. And I'm telling you, if you pray that prayer, every time that person comes into your life, every time you find your mind being fixated on them, I tell you this, you'll start to find that you're fixating on them less and less. And God begins to heal your heart as you grow more and more confident in who he is and who he says you are. So pray that prayer. Next time that person comes into your mind, maybe you're sitting right here. I'd rather you tune me out for the next 10 seconds and you pray, I forgive, bless them with whatever they need, God. Now, confess your mess. Forgive, forgive, forgive. And then this is the one that's maybe the most enjoyable, the one that I just love. And I think when you you exercise this step in your life, you're going to see that you love this. And you want to do it more and more and more. Action step number three, if you want to build God confidence, is passionately pursue his presence. Passionately pursue his presence. When you look at the life of Jesus, people always left his presence better off than they were before. And when you pursue Jesus and spend time with him through his word, in prayer, In worship gatherings like this one, you'll find yourself growing more and more secure. You'll find yourself more and more confident, not in yourself, but in the one that truly matters. You'll be more and more confident in your Heavenly Father. There's a story. It's my favorite story in the Bible. I love it. I think it's so impactful that three out of the four Gospels include this story. You can find it in Matthew 8, Luke 8, and my favorite like, version of it is in Mark 5. It's this story about a man who his past is as terrible as any past you guys could think of. He hurt other people. He hurt himself. He was literally out of his mind. They would try to put him in chains. He would break out of the chains, and he's living in isolation. He's out in a cemetery living in isolation. He's demon-possessed. Nobody wants anything to do with this person. Jesus and the disciples have crossed this lake, and they, they end up here on the shore, and they encounter this man. And what God does in his life should give you hope that you are not so far gone that God can't do something in your life he long story short jesus encounters him he sets the man free he he casts out the demon and then all the people from the town they show up and they see this man who is now completely sane he's completely peaceful because he spent time in the presence of jesus and they're looking at him thinking you are made new you are completely different now there's just Incredible other things that happen in the story. Go read it. Mark 5 if you want to read it. But here's the deal. For that man, he pursued Jesus' presence and his life was forever changed. You and me, the same thing can happen. When we passionately pursue the presence of Jesus Christ, then we find when we, when we get closer in proximity to him, we have more and more God confidence. We have more and more joy, more and more peace, more and more security. And less and less insecurity. So confess your mess. Forgive, forgive, forgive. And passionately pursue Jesus. Passionately pursue his presence. Because here's the bottom line. You are too valuable to live rooted in insecurity rather than in the security of Jesus. You are not the sum of your sin, but you're the masterpiece of your maker. And when you pursue him, You confess your sin to him. You repent of it. You begin to forgive just as he wants to forgive you. Then you start to realize, no, God loves me. I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. I am his masterpiece. And then you're going to see that that past that has hijacked your future no longer does that. You get to walk into the future that God designed for you. Ephesians 2.10, it's not going to be on your screen, but for we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the good things that he planned for us long ago. We cannot let our insecurity from the past keep us from the good things that Jesus planned for us long ago. So today it's crucial that we grow in our God confidence because there's good plans. And the only way that we're going to live them the only way that we're going to accomplish them, the only way we're going to experience them is being rooted and secure in Jesus Christ. If you don't confess and forgive and pursue Jesus, if you don't get this, then your past will own your present and it will hijack your future. But what can happen if you grow in your God-confidence? Through confession, forgiveness, and pursuing his presence, you'll experience God's comfort and freedom. You won't be carrying away around that weight of the past that we aren't designed to carry. We'll no longer be carrying that. We'll no longer be worrying about the future. We're, we're not going to grow weary like we're running on that hamster wheel and not getting anywhere. The acts of confession and forgiveness are great ways. For us to experience God's presence. And when you're in God's presence, great things happen. One moment in God's presence can change everything. Believe it or not, you can experience God's presence. We, We want you to be in person and experience the power of gathering with other believers. But you can experience God's presence when you're with us through New Life Online as well. Recently, Madison joined New Life Online. Just two weeks ago, in fact. And she let Pastor Robert know that she had surrendered her life to Jesus at the end of one of those messages. In his follow-up with her, Pastor Robert, he asked her the following two questions. Why did you choose to surrender your life to Jesus? And what brought you to the point that you were ready to make that decision? Madison gave me the green light to share her response. She says, I was in a very dark place, my lowest low. I was overcome with fear, worry, depression, and insecurity. I felt like I had no one on my side and that no one understood how I was feeling. I heard of war in Israel, and I was chilled to the bone, and I just had an epiphany. I need Jesus back in my life and in my heart. I was so overcome by this feeling of needing Jesus that I just cried. How could I have looked away from him for so long? So I started reaching out, asking for help the chaplain at the hospital where I work, an old mentor of mine, my family, and I prayed to Jesus that he would pick me up and forgive me. I asked my sister if I could start attending church with her again, and this is where I was introduced to new life. I watched an online sermon from October 8th, and it was just like a huge sign from Jesus that this is where I was supposed to be. Your message, speaking to Robert, at the the end of the sermon You said that if anyone watching online was ready to surrender their life to Jesus to pray with you, I prayed that prayer and wept because I finally felt free. Free of the burdens that I was trying to carry on my own. Free of my insecurities from the past. Those are my words. She goes on to say, I watched the sermon on October 15th, just last week. Online, due to my job, requiring me to work every third weekend. So I have yet to attend in person, but I am looking forward to it. Thank you for making me feel so welcome already. Church, can we celebrate with Madison and the new life that she has found in Christ? Madison, I want to say thank you. Thank you for sharing your testimony. Thank you for allowing me to give God the glory for what he's done in your life. As you are starting to cultivate God confidence in him. Before we go on, I want to highlight one other piece, though. I love the connection to her sister, that her sister invited her and said, you can come to church with me. You can come to church with me. We have an amazing opportunity at all of our campuses next week to invite people. Candy Palooza has become one of our two or three largest gatherings of the year. This is a time where people are more apt to say yes than on a typical Sunday. And so let's be like Madison's sister and let's make invites. Let's make invites to those people that are carrying around their past that need to be set free, that need, to be, that need to hear that they are a masterpiece created anew in Christ Jesus and that he has good works planned for them. Will you make that invite this week? I challenge you. Make the invite that could change the trajectory of someone's life just like Madison's sister did for her. Madison, sharing her story, it's right in line with Jesus with what he wants us to do. 2 Corinthians 1, verses 3 and 4 say this. All praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. God is our merciful Father and the source of all comfort. And then this is what each one of us is supposed to do. He comforts us in all our troubles so that we can comfort others. When they are troubled, we will be able to give them the same comfort God has given us. If you find that you are God-confident today, you have a mission. You have a mission. If you have found security in Jesus Christ, you have a mission. If you found freedom, if you found comfort, if you found confidence in Christ, God wants you to encourage the discouraged today by simply sharing what he's done in your life. Madison, she's found freedom in Jesus, and so can you. So don't wait. Don't wait. Put one of those action steps today, put it into play to start to build God confidence in your life. Make a move towards God during worship. Don't sit in your seat unless that that becomes your altar. Don't stand and and just kind of sing mindlessly whatever words they put up on the screen. Passionately pursue Jesus today because he wants to meet with you. He's here. He's in our auditoriums. He's with you just like he was with Madison through New Life Online. Let's passionately pursue him. Let's take steps closer to Jesus today. And I want you to know that here at New Life, you are in a judgment-free zone. You're in a judgment-free zone. I had a friend when I was pastoring the North Platte campus a few years ago. He was telling me about how he was inviting a friend of his to come to New Life. And you know what he said? He goes, We're just a bunch of messed up people, but in the best way. If I could paraphrase that, I would say it this way. We're a group of imperfect people gathered to worship a perfect God. So this is a judgment-free zone. If you were messed up, but now you live in the security of Jesus Christ with loads and loads of God confidence, find someone to comfort today. As the worship teams come in just a moment, I want you to take a step. Take a step towards Jesus during our response worship and spend a moment in his presence. Just like the man who had the demon cast out of him. Spend a moment in Jesus' presence today, confessing, forgiving, listening to what he has for you. And let him change your life. Why don't you stand with me and let's pray. God, I thank you today. I thank you for your wonderful grace and your mercy. That although we have sin in our past, we have hurt, we have pain, we have embarrassment, we have shame, we have guilt, we have regret. That doesn't have to define us. I thank you that you made a way through your son, Jesus Christ, for us to be forgiven of our sins. To be placed back on the path that you created for us long ago. I pray, God, that all across new life today, we would take steps towards you. We would bring confession to you. We would begin to pray pray the prayer of forgiveness that opens up your forgiveness To flow freely into our life. God, we we pursue you now. Through song, through prayer at an altar, through lifting our hands and surrender to you. God, it's not about us and our circumstances, but it's about you. I pray that this church, as we respond to you, we would grow more God confident than ever before. So we invite you into this place. And we say, have your way. We pray this in Jesus' name, and everybody said, amen.